The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. For many of you, summer is not when you want to spend your time inside cooking. I get it. Grilling's a great option, but sometimes you just want ready-to-make items, and Lakewinds Co-op has some great ideas for getting not too fancy and getting food to the table in a hurry. They've got a new line of Nyman Ranch pre-cooked beer brats, and they've got shredded pork, too, that makes meal prep super easy. No nitrates, and the meat items are gluten-free, fully cooked, and ready to heat and eat. How about new local garlic skate pesto? This is my favorite, and it's in the frozen aisle. It's from seven Songs Organic Farm, and you use it like you would regular pesto, sautéed with asparagus, or you can use it on noodles, in rice, you can make an easy pasta salad for an easy dinner. Frozen made-from-scratch meals are also in the deli area at Lakewinds. They've got pizzas, soup, spinach pie, and more to store in your freezer so that you can have a grab-and-go meal when you need it. Right now, Lakewinds has these amazing frozen scone balls that you can bake in the oven. I used their ginger scones last week with some whipped cream and berries to make an easy strawberry shortcake and the berries are back you can also try rhubarb and cook it up for a delicious topping for ice cream scones yogurt or mixed into whipped cream if you can't make it to Lakewinds please visit your favorite neighborhood co-op and you can find Lakewinds in Minnetonka Chanhassen and Richfield with delivery from instacart at lakewinds.com now I'm on with the my top chicks and we will eat on eat on the weekly Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are going to take a phone call from our friend Eric quickly, who was holding on so lovely over the break. What's up, Eric? Hey, question. Now that we're seeing so many places reopen, are you aware of anybody who's still doing a happy hour over this new 70, 90 minute time frame? Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really seen people doing it, I think, because of the fact of, you know, a happy hour is technically discounted, you know, drinks and stuff so that people will right. come in during before the dinner time. And I think that both, basically they're all just trying to figure stuff out. And uh, I don't see a lot of discounts. Eric, here's what I'm going to tell you. Not only yeah. are we not seeing discounts, I think prices have increased pretty significantly. They have. I know restaurants and I I think that is because of supply being limited and people are having a harder time sourcing goods right now between corona between uh, the rioting I mean trucks not getting to where they needed to go and it's starting to settle in a little bit now but I just I don't know if we're going to be seeing like discounty type things for some time. Do you think so, Steph? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think we're not going to see it. I think that everything is different. And when we come to that perspective and come into something, this is all new, then we'll kind of see. But I don't I just don't think that anybody can afford to, to give right. you like two for one right. or anything. No. Well, I will hunker down on the patio and keep mixing up the wakatinis and uh, carry on. All right. You're a pretty Thank good mixologist you, there, friend. Yes, we love it. Um, yeah, so that's great. I do think that there's, uh, you know, and again, I'm going to tell you this, even if there's a lot of, uh, I think that, you know, prices are going to go up and you're worried about that. Just if you can give, if you can tip big and you can do it, do it, you know, yeah, support hard. Uh, we'd certainly, you feel like I tipped a lot because I was like, you know, 
they have been out of work for three months. So. I went to Matt's yesterday and we basically, I just like threw the cash down. I was like, it's all yours. Let's yeah. just walk out. We're good. It's a good time to be a server, maybe in that regard. That well, I don't know if it's a good time. <laughs> I don't think I want to stretch well, it that got, far. And they got to wear the mask. Yeah, and... it's not a good time. All right, let's let's uh, let's do top two, hour two. Give him the old one, one, two, one, two. And now the Weekly one, one, Dish one, presents one, two, one, two. Top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In All right, this is the time that we talk about a couple of things that we are just sort of obsessed about or thinking about this week. What do you got? What's your first one? Okay, so um, this is an opportunity to help uh, give some money to Feeding America. So if you go to any of the restaurants that are in Ridgedale right now, uh, the outdoor restaurants that are also open for patio seating, I saw yesterday or the day before. But you, if you get takeout, they'll donate ten dollars. If you hashtag Dine Delight Donate, they'll give ten dollars to Feeding America. Um, they're going to make up to a hundred thousand dollar donation. And Feeding America is the charity that Jose Anders um, heads up. And I just thought people should know that because I went out there and it was fun to. I got some food and had a picnic, and I was glad to donate. Okay, good. Uh, I will tell you that um, today. Uh, we see the return of Bradley uh, Taylor's donut truck. And he was the guy who had the shop in Dinkytown, and it's called Dude's Nuts. You remember this guy? No, Dude's oh Nuts. My God. What a great name for a truck. It's, it's like SSS Dude Nuts. Dude Nuts. I don't know. It was cool. really hard to, repl- to, to pronounce. Um, but he has now rebranded so that we don't have to say that. To say his truck is now called the Donut Trap, which I'm happy about the Donut Trap, you know. Um, but anyway, he is uh, he is down at the Prior Lake and Richfield Farmers Markets this morning. They're there from eight to twelve, so you still have time to pop down and go see them. And they are they have these huge, crazy square shaped donuts that are like fruity pebbles and Oreo and just like Yum. all the good crazy donut flavors that you like want. Bigger than a like long huge, John? like a like a square, like a block of Yum. donut. And they're really delicious. And I remember he his truck was around last summer or last year up like by the commons, you know, and so at yeah. US Bank. So I would pop over and get a donut every once in a while. But he kind of took you know, he was kind of trying to figure out because he kind of got squeezed out of Dinky Town. Um and then he was like, I'm gonna do this truck thing, and then I think he was kind of working through figuring out what that was. Anyway, so he's down at the two farmers markets this morning from eight AM to noon, and I'm hoping that he continues to do those things. But he is giving all proceeds today to the North Minneapolis. Residents Redevelopment Council in honor of George Floyd. So I love it. Yeah. So if you're going to go get a donut, get your donut on, support a young African-American entrepreneur, and then also support North Minneapolis. I like it. There you go. Um, What's your second? Okay. My second one is I have been bringing you a lot of these farm markets that are online in ways that you can order food online and pick it up. Um, there is a new one, and it is frankandearnestmarkets.com. Yes. And this is our friend uh, Libby Wyram. She has put together a market. She ran the Linden Hills Farmer's Market, the Excelsior Farmer's Market. She also did some stuff in Highland. And so she's taken all of these vendors and put them online so you can purchase their goods. You can have delivery. You can have pickup. They've got a lot of different configurations So if you're looking for things like fresh eggs or even packaged goods, they've also got pies, pantry, at-home meal kits. Um, They've got a lot of things that are just coming online. Let's say you're looking for City Girl Coffee. They've got that. 
They've got um, special juice blends and mixes and kombuchas. So, so you order online and then does it get delivered to you or you what? Can, there's lots of different configurations. Okay. You can pick it up. You can have it delivered. You can have it shipped. There's all different kinds of stuff. Okay. Uh, frankandernestmarkets.com. We'll put a link to that on the show page. I but, like that idea if I can't get to a farmer's market or also if the farmer's market I want it, that I'm closest to doesn't have the vendor that I want. You know what I mean? Because I used to always go to Linden Hills for some things and then I would go to... Yeah. And now I feel like I'm not really... Shouldn't be out like popping around markets as much as you know, before. Oh, they have the Rainbow Chinese Summer Drink Pouch. Oh, yeah. Yum. I mean, servings. the Tammy Wong, Yum. when you would go to... She's still, I think, at the Minneapolis Farmer's Market. Maybe. She's, I love that she's putting her drink mixes in up or her drinks in a pouch because yeah. her drinks are good. For me, because I'm only home randomly, so it's like, oh, I can order all the Farmer's Market goodies and pick them up. Usually, you know, I'm going to a co-op to kind of fill that need, but I like that we're having more choices. Good. Good, good, good. Um, okay, so my second one is uh, actually going to be Animales, which I know that I talk about those guys all the time. And and and, uh, but th- what I love about those guys, what they're doing now with the truck, they originally had, you know, this is kind of the idea of like how people are pivoting and how they're responding to different things. Um, Animales was just doing call ahead, like you had to pre-order and then you would be able to pick up. And they still have that option, but now because of patios, Able Brewing has opened their patio so you can sit. So they are letting people walk up to the truck, pick it up, and then go sit at, you know, the picnic tables or whatever. Um, but what I love what they've done is they have done a, um, a different menu for the people who walk up. So you can still order online. You can still do your pre-order and pick up. But if you do walk up, they have a whole different menu, like of kind of like, you know, special things. If you've shown up, you kind of, there's some really fun things. And one of the things they had last night was a ham and brie sandwich on Bakersfield bread. And oh, it was like, that this has like Stephanie March's name just dang, scrolled right ham on and cheese, it. Like an elevated ham and cheese. I am, I am your girl, basically. So it was just like, I mean, I didn't eat it. I just saw it and I heard about it. And I was just jealous that I already had a burger, so I couldn't get it. Can I give you two other quick ideas here? Because I think people are starting to think about catering now and like family gatherings and picnics and that sort of thing. Um, The two, two things. One is Bub's Aussie Pies up in Woodbury. He has this thing where he does like a pop-up tent. It's like a 10 by 10. And then they have all the pies in a warmer or they can put them in a box. So if you want to have like a drive through graduation or wedding ceremony, everyone can drive through and then he hands them a box of these pies. That's one way to do it. Um, another, our friends at Cafe 421 that were in Dinkytown, their catering, um, their restaurant closed, but the catering is still available. And they have wonderful, wonderful catering, delicious Greek food. So if you're looking for a catering option, they can get everything. Can you cater? I mean, like, I suppose yeah, you, so you can do groups your of house. 250 or how many can be in your house? I thought it was only 25. No, right now you can have up to 25 outside, but you can do a lot of drive through stuff. Okay. And people are like drive through concerts and drive through weddings. Drive through things are pretty happening. So drive through, meaning you're not hanging out. You're nope. just you driving wish by. well to the graduate. You wish well to the couple and then you drive through. But you want to still give them a favor of some kind. Oh, OK, that's where this box of pies is actually kind of a perfect idea. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy because you want to give someone something or like a um, another wedding couple. I saw they had like a swag bag that that's you cute. went through and then you got your cool because you know how everybody like usually had something that they'd put leave on the table. Sure. They put it in like a bag with a party favor. That's crazy. Yeah. 
That's good. And graduation parties are happening, by the way. I don't know if you've you're in your neighborhood, but yeah, we've been driving around. There's a lot of people gathering in backyards. Yeah, no, I and I think picnics and everything else, and you know, uh, and in fact, Animalis has a uh, they haven't put it online yet, but they have a Father's Day pack, and I think a lot of people are coming up on Father's Day and thinking about grill packs and yeah. things like that, and those are still available, like you know, PS Steak. Has still has like a meat pickup that you can grab. So does like Gianni's and Wyzetta. There's a lot of places that are sort of meat centric that still have that grill pack available. And that's, I think, a great for a Father's Day yeah. kind of situation. And Pajarito has like a family uh, service. They're still doing like two, family for two or family for four taco stuff. Yep, where you call ahead and then you pick it up great. and curbside it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we are going to be talking with Chris and Chanel Montana from Dunor Distillery. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota. You know what? Food brings out the passion in people. And people love to talk about food. And so why wouldn't we talk about the people and to the people who are growing our food? We have an opportunity, you guys. Common Ground, Minnesota on Facebook is a place where women farmers are able to answer your questions about the food scene and the way that they grow food. They are ready to engage. They just want to talk about how they grow food, what they think about why they grow food, and all the things that have to do with the way that your family is eating local foods and what they're growing. Remember that you always have an opportunity to check in and chat with farmers in Minnesota at Common Ground Minnesota. It's right on Facebook. It's on Instagram. You can check them out on Common Ground, M-I-N-N. They're ready to answer any and all of your questions. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. If you've missed any part of this show, you guys, you can always find it on the podcast. Don't forget, we are there for you 24-7 when you are on your running machine or wherever you're, whatever you're doing. All right. We are so glad to be joined, you guys, today and right now by Chanel and Chris Montana, who are the owners of the Dunord Craft Spirits Distillery in Minneapolis. The first, are you guys the first distillery in Minneapolis? The first cocktail room? We're the first cocktail room. Um, whether or not we are the first distillery, I can't is remember. Some debate. Oh, is it? <laughs> Should we get into semantics on that? Not. <laughs> yeah. Right, but more importantly, you guys are the first craft distillery, the first black-owned craft distillery in the United States, which is huge. Yeah, we didn't know it when we started. <laughs> um, we only figured that out a few years later, but. But it is true, and hopefully uh, in the coming years there will be many, many, many more. Right, and it was in it was in 2013. That, is that when you guys opened? It was in 2013. Yeah, that's when our first products came out. It was uh, 2013. We started up, and we started with vodka, and then quickly rolled out gin, and now we have you know seven or eight products on the market. Um, but it seems it seems like forever ago, <laughs> doesn't it? It feels like that was like right, like the very beginnings of all this craft distilling stuff. But obviously, you guys are sort of at the uh, at the center of everything that has been happening with George Floyd, um, you know, and the and the protests and everything that happened in Minneapolis over the last two weeks. And I I kind of wanted to check in because you guys are this family owned business and you guys are in the middle of all of everything happening. And I just wanted to see how you guys were doing and how how things are going for you right now? Wow. No. <laughs> That's a big question. It is a big question. You're right. That's probably too big. Um, one of the things that happened was you guys, I, I, I kind of wanted you to talk a little bit about being a family business and um, sort of how this is a, you know, being in the middle of the unrest and being a black owned business has sort of, you guys have become kind of people are looking to you and how you are leading in the community. Talk a little bit about what that's like. I think we're 
Sal and I are wondering who, who takes the first bite of that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty big. You Chris, know, it's, you and I talked, I think, boy, it was probably three years, two and a half, three years ago now on the Makers of Minnesota podcast. And mm-hmm. we talked about your delicious Fitzgerald gin. Um, and I'm also a huge fan of your uh, Frida coffee liqueur. But more than that, that interview with you really inspired me in that your whole way that you guys go about your business isn't just to be distillers, isn't just to be experts at your crafts, but you really felt community, what you wanted to bring the community along and you wanted to bring other people of color into the distilling movement. That was three years ago. Is that mission changed or is it the same or are you still on that, that journey? No, it's, it's, it's definitely the, we're on that same journey and, and I don't expect we ever will get off of it. Um, from the beginning, you know, originally it was very easy because it was just me in a room. Yep. Um, as we started to bring more and more people on and as we realized, we always knew that this was not the mer- most diverse industry, not just distilling, but brewing and uh, winemaking as well. Mm-hmm. But once we really got steeped in it and saw just how lacking the industry was in uh, gender diversity and racial diversity. Uh, we made it a point that anyone that we brought on, we wanted to always make sure that people knew that Denord was a safe place and that we wanted them. And so we've made, um, you know, in hiring, we make a concerted effort to reach out to women and to persons of color and encourage them to apply. That's all we can do is encourage applications. It doesn't mean that we're going to hire anyone for any for being a woman or a person of color, but we want to get the best applicant pool possible. And it's not enough to say we encourage everyone to apply because when you look at an industry and it doesn't look like you, uh, the, there's an implicit message there that's received loud and clear that it doesn't look like you for a reason, so you shouldn't be there. And so you have to do more. You have to, you know, not just open the door. You got to reach through it and pull somebody through. And so we've been working on that both in our distillery and also in some national efforts through the American Craft Spirits Association for many years now. And you guys have done so much good work. I I just feel so sad about what has happened to your business, your physical business location. And I people I mean, a lot of these businesses that are in these areas that are affected are owned by people of color. And you guys have been doing the work for a long time. I'm sorry that it's taken this to bring some of the rest of us along. Well, you know, I think for all of this, I think we all we all play our part. Right. And and seeing what happened to Lake Street, it it is it is sad and and it is sad to go through. But the way that I that we are viewing it and the way that, you know, we kind of had to come to, and I'll fully admit Chris came to this <laughs> sooner than I did, is this could be a turning point. And if stuff is broken and if stuff is damaged, that's stuff. But we have an opportunity to think new. We have an opportunity to make real change. And so although driving down Lake Street, you know, you do get a sense of um, sadness from it. I, I think the hope is overcoming the sadness in Minneapolis. And I think the hope is the shining star here um, of what could be. I'm so glad. 
Well, and one of the things, Chris, you had talked about with me that, you know, that in a weird way, you know, we know we see people doing the fixing and we see the repair. But in a weird way, you kind of like you kind of want that scar to be there, you know, which is it runs through our city, right through our city, because, um, you know, that kind of reminds people you want you kind of want them to see that every day to remind people so that they don't just forget and go back to their everyday normal lives as if it never happened. That's right. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not comfortable when you look at it, but it shouldn't be. Right. Um, the, the things that the environment that led to those riots hasn't been comfortable for generations. Um, and if, if we all share in a little bit of that uncomfortability, then we all will be motivated to change it. And if that that physical manifestation, if that scar through the city uh, serves as a reminder, then perhaps, um, at least for now, while it's still there, we can we can do this differently than we've done it in all the other times that we've seen, uh, you know, unarmed black men killed by the police or other uh, police brutality events. Uh, maybe we can do this differently and not just talk about it for a week and then move on and turn the page and go back to pop culture, but think about what was really at the root of this and how can we change it. And then beyond that, even when the scar is healed, uh, the physical scar is healed, uh, how we heal it matters. And if we do that in the right way, that we can promote um, the economic empowerment of some of the minority communities in the cities, uh, that lays the groundwork for long-term change. Because it's not just dealing with the police departments, it's not just dealing with you know elected officials who may not necessarily fully get it, um, it's also about putting the all communities on solid footing and economic power is a part of that and that's something that's been lacking within communities of color in the Twin Cities. Hey, can you guys hold on? We're going to hold you on. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back to you. So hold on, okay? We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are coming back with uh, Chris and Chanel Montana, who are the owners of Dunord Craft Spirits in Minneapolis. And we wanted to chat with you guys a little bit about where do you see Dunord in the future? Like, what is your idea of, you know, Chris, you and I had talked about how Dunord in your mind was going to be a great place to have conversations and to spark discussions. How are you seeing Dunord fitting into the scope as when you kind of rebuild and when you start up again? as a cocktail room? Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, we've had, as, as you know, it's we've been around for a while and uh, we've been kind of scrapping along and uh, it takes a lot out of you. I think that we're more energized now than we ever have been to uh, kind of reinvest and, and to do this, you know, it's kind of a go big or go home because you're right, we do need to have that community space. Um, I want us to be a part of the rebuilding of Lake Street. And I want to create a space that is what it was before, which was a place where people could come together and talk, but is that and more. Um, and how exactly we do that, I think, you know, we need to, I understand that I, I don't know everything, and uh, we have to have conversations with the broader community, the broader business community to figure out how best we can do that and be a part of that rebuild. But I think that folks can expect that it may not be this year, um, but in the near term future, uh, we, we will be back. The cocktail room will exist again. 
and not just as a place where you can go get a cocktail, although it will be that, but it'll also be a place that has specific programming that is aimed at uh, allowing at least some of those conversations to happen so we can start to bridge some gaps. And I can still get my bottle of Fitzgerald gin? You can, although <laughs> due to Minnesota law, which is unique in the country, you can only buy a half bottle from us. The silly little 375s, right? So we call them munchkins. The munchkins. Um, yeah, and one day, you know, if your listeners really want to be able to support these distilleries, they can go out and tell their legislators to let us do what every other state lets their distillers do <laughs> and buy a full-size bottle like grown-ups. Imagine that. I know. You know what? And people do want to support you guys, and so that's, you know, what are the best ways that they can do that besides calling their legislator? Is it donating to the fund? Is it just going out and buying, like, cases of gin? How should we do this? <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm, I, I I'm up for anything. Cash, you know, <laughs> if, if you've got a, you know, you tell me what I miss. But right now, you know, we don't, we actually, our, our, our production has to take a little bit of a, it's a, there's a little bit of a slowdown. Um, and that's because we, we lost some equipment and uh, in the fires and, you know, it's, it's going to take us a little bit to get completely back up and running. Um, I encourage folks, if they want to help us, where my energy is going right now is into this riot recovery fund, which is not money that's going to go to the Nord, but it's money that's going to go to other minority-owned businesses um, who are historically undercapitalized and therefore may not have uh, the insurance, and it would just be a shame if we lost those businesses. And so that's, you know, that's my focus. Um, if people share that, that that interest, I would encourage them to check us out on GoFundMe. It's the Do Nord Riot Recovery Fund. Yes, and we will post a link to that so everybody can dip in. Chanel, how is the neighborhood feeling right now? Like, how? I mean, do you talk? Obviously, you talk to other owners and everybody else. How is how is everybody feeling about everything? Well, I, I have to say, I don't think there's another community where this could have happened and have the the hope and the positivity really come forward. Um, you know, I think. People know that they're in for a long haul and everyone feels very confident that Lake Street will rebuild and that it'll come back and it'll hopefully come back a lot better um, than it was before and a lot more opportunity for the entire community. Um, so, you know, it's just been really amazing to talk to, to all of the business owners, whether or not you were affected or not, but that are along Lake Street and they really can see the possibilities that could be in front of Lake Street if we're able to rebuild in the right way. Right, right. And keep it. And, and in my mind, you know, we had talked about not letting the, the big developers come in and steal it, you know, in a weird way of building all those huge things that hopefully they can keep it in that, you know, a neighborhood feeling of a place. Yeah, I think yeah. the way that, that we're really thinking about it is there, there needs to be a private private public partnership in order to push this forward. There needs to be a recognition that not just these businesses need to exist, but they should exist and be able to invest in their own real estate. They should exist and be able to determine their own fate in a lot of ways. You know, being a tenant isn't always the best position for a small business owner. And so how do we allow some of these family-owned businesses to really sink their teeth into not only their business, but their real estate and grow that generational wealth as well so that all of those businesses can can continue on for generations. And you think about how long it took for Lake Street to get uh, quote, quote, revitalized. I just, I don't want to wait that long again. No. I don't want to wait. 
No, and I think that the generational wealth thing to me is so important to understand that people need to grasp that. That and you know, you guys had talked about how um, you know you're passing your you're building you're keeping your business going and you want to pass that on to your kids. And I think if we if we all start to really think about that, building the foundations of our cities in that way, building that wealth and so that we can pass it on, that's stronger across the board. Yeah, and particularly in areas. Like like Lake Street, where you have a lot of first generation immigrants who who are there, They're, they have been over the generations or over the last few decades, able to really invest in that area and to make it their own. And um, losing that would just be very unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Thank you so much, you guys. This has been so great to have you on. And I'm so excited for the fact that you guys are leaders in this, in this area and, and the recovery fund, the right recovery fund that we are going to put a link to, um, is a place where people can kind of show their support besides having a Fitzgerald martini, which is how I'm sort of closing every day. I feel like lately, (laughs) not going to lie. I'm almost done with my bottle. So I got to figure this out. So I have to move on to apple martinis with the apple stuff, but thank you so much for being here. And thank you guys for being such a huge part of the community. And all we can do is say good luck and keep on keeping on. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks you guys. They do just great work. And I made this raspberry um, syrup with your rhubarb oh you did rhubarb syrup yeah i didn't even bring you any either that was so rude well um (laughs) but i made the rhubarb syrup and then i put a a recipe for it on stephaniesdish.com and then someone was like well what would you use i'm like gin fitzgerald gin you would mix fitzgerald gin with this rhubarb syrup and you can have like a straight up kind of chilled martini-ish or you could have it in a glass with a little bit of sparkling soda just to give it a little effervescence or even add a little um uh kava Yes. Yum. Well, their apple spirit is sitting, and that's the thing that I know that... I drink that in the winter. Well, okay, so this is exactly (laughs) what I was going to say, is that I feel like people think that, like, for some reason, they can only drink apple flavored things in the fall or in the winter. And I had it the other day with just a little bit of sparkling water, and I think it was just, like, so light and beautiful and i put a little bit of ginger beer like a little bit of ginger beer and sparkling water with that apple spirit is just like that sounds f- delicious but it's and it's so like it's not like overly fruity which yeah. you know i can't stand kind of moscow muley yeah almost. it kind of was a different and it was a little bit more like fruity in that summery way so i was excited for that i really liked it i like it um oh okay their frida too is really delicious um we, I should just, uh, yeah, their Frida is a coffee Frida. liqueur. It's real good. Okay. It is real good. So I will have that in, instead of a Kahlua on the rocks, I'll have it, or I'll have it with a little bit of cream or just like a Colorado bulldog. I'm making myself sound some 1987. <laughs> oh my God, you are like, speaking of happy hours, I mean, but honestly. But it is a delicious cocktail. I love to drink coffee liqueurs on the rocks as like the last drink of the night. And it always is a bad idea because it gives you a headache when you're, you know, a few in and then you decide to finish up that way. But this is me. This is me. I know. This is me doing it. Um, Um, There, I want to point out too that the Denord Lake Street Recovery Fund, as he said, does not just go to them. They are stewards of that neighborhood. They are very um, 
honest, good, trustworthy people that will make sure that money gets to where it needs to go. So feel free to give. Well, and you know, the idea that I love the fact that there's, because a lot of people do assume that everyone has insurance and that's going to cover everything. And that's as what, as much as that's a part of, you know, things. And for them they're you know, they state that they said that, you know, the insurance covered part of the warehouse. And so that's why they want, people wanted to still give money and they wanted to make sure that it, co- it covered the neighborhood. And to me, I honestly think about how, of course, there are people that land is valuable and because it's in the middle of the city and the city is, you know, kind of growing. And so I'm worried that there are going to be these big condo developers and I'm not against condos. I'm not saying that, but we that neighborhood, enough. well, that neighborhood in, spe- in spe- particular would like to keep that flavor because it is so significant of what happened. I would love to keep it, you know, where it is affordable for immigrant businesses to be able to flourish. I mean, A what business if we incubator? Area. Yes. What if we could turn it into that situation where they could then own like the idea of owning their real estate is a huge piece and that's when we're talking about restaurant survival in the time of covid the people who own their real real estate are more likely to be able to survive this than people who have to pay a landlord so again building that survival building a long-term plan not just a quick fix that would be great that's the goal all right, you guys, we'll support them. We're going to put the link up on the Facebook page and um, we're going to take a quick break and talk about locals we love when we come that. back. Okay, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thank you for being with us this today and every day. And we just are so happy to have you guys this around. It's a weird world. Yeah, it's a weird world, man. Everything. I got some good like Father's Day ideas. Do it. But you got to get to them because, of course, Father's Day is coming up. So I'm just going to give man. you a couple things. Okay. Um, All right, so if you are looking for, like, a gift box idea for your dad, a food box. Yes. Chow Girls Killer Catering has a great gift box. Um, I have to get to the email here so I can explain to you what is in the gift box. Sorry, I probably should have done that while we were on the break. Um, (laughs) All the things. So it's a gift and a party. So what it is, is it's a cheese box. And then they have a virtual pairing experience that's interactive with Father's Day beer and cheese. So you get this box and you can either have it curbside pickup or delivery. And then you like do a a virtual tasting experience on Father's Day where you're on a Zoom with the Chow Girls people and you and your dad. So I just loved this. I thought it was great. So it's 40 bucks for a Father's Day virtual beer and cheese tasting. Um, it will happen on that Father's Day, but you can also get the box. It is 50 for two to four or a hundred for six to eight. So you could have it with a large group, but it includes all the, um, cheeses. There's one, two, three, four, five cheeses. There's, uh, cheese, olives, pickles, pickled vegetables, the whole thing. And then you can have the beer flight and do the tasting. So I loved the idea that you could ship this to your dad Yeah, and you could be here yeah. and, and virtually zoom be... together. Yeah. Yeah. So That's that a great really idea. Cool. I like that. But you have to order it. I think the order deadline is Wednesday, June 17th at 5 p.m. So get on it. Okay. At ChowGirlsCatering.com. Yeah, do it. Do it. Um, and then I have one more thing that I thought was also really fun that's like that. And this is at the Dakota. Okay. And what this is, is you can have the, the Dakota is obviously dark because of COVID, Mm -hmm. but you can have the musicians that would traditionally play at the Dakota do a Father's Day greeting for your dad, like sing him a special song. Wow. Or do a special greeting. So 
here's what it is. Um, you can pick from it's the deadline is going to be today, six o'clock. So you have to get this in by today, six o'clock if you want to do it. Okay. It's 125 bucks. The money goes to the musicians. But if you want like Davina from Davina and the Bag of Bonds or T. Michael Rambo or you want um, Nachito Herrera, who's a, a coronavirus survivor himself or the Steels or Mick Sterling, if you want the Peterson family, if you want them to do a message <laughs> this for is your pretty dad, cool. they'll do it. That's pretty cool. So you go, you pay. How much is the, it? It's 125 bucks. Okay. And you do it through the Dakota and your orders have to be placed by six o'clock today. Oh. And that's so the music, musicians have time to record the messages. Of course, of course. And then they will send your video greeting. It will be recorded for you and it's guaranteed to be customized with the recipient's name. You can request a special message. And the musicians will do a little song, do their thing, and that's for your dad. Wow. I know. Isn't this a cool way? That is a very the musicians. cool one. That's very cool. And it's something super unique that your dad would not be able to get. No, in and that's the thing. Times. Don't think about it in terms of like, oh, but he won't have, you know, like a tie. Nobody wears ties anymore. But like, you know, think about that in terms of how much stuff we soap give. Soap on a rope was Come. like our standard Father's Day gift. Was it really? Aramis. Soap on a rope. Who even has soap on a rope? My dad loved it. Oh, God. Why does it have to be on a rope? I don't know. Like, why can't it just be in a tray? I don't know. What is the deal? It was just soap on a rope. And then my dad's other favorite gift, I remember one year, was the Harvey Wallbanger t-shirt that had like a character on the front and then the recipe on the back. Oh, (laughs) okay. He wore it for years mowing the lawn. Oh, wow. Why we had a Harvey Wallbanger. What? Who... Harvey Wallbanger. That's such a weird thing. That is a funny thing. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, I love it. We um, did have a caller. Did you see that? That someone is wondering when the Isaac Becker restaurants are going to be open. Nobody knows. Okay. Nobody knows. Isaac is holding that to his vest and he's just going to, he's going to, he's going to open when he feels it. Yeah. And that's all we can say. Um, did you know that the Minnesota Brewery Running Series is back on? That they're still, that they're back running? No, tell me about that. So this weekend, you know, the brewery series is like, so all summer long they have runs, you know, 5K runs and you end up at, you know, that you start and end up at a brewery. Um, and today and tomorrow, today there's their run, I think it's already over or it already started. It was at Dual Citizen right down the block from us here. Um, it's a 5K, but tomorrow they have the one fermentary run in North Loop. And so these are, you, you basically sign up and you, you know, you like sort of like you get a, you get like a t-shirt or you can get a t-shirt, but you get, you know, like a free beer afterwards and time to hang and all this stuff. And they had been doing them virtually, you know, in terms of like letting people like tag their runs and doing them whenever they wanted, but they're back to, and you don't have to run together. It's just a start time. And then you go and then you finally can come back to the brewery and sit apart from each other. But they're still saying like you can do the run and then end up at the brewery. So it must be limited. It is limited. Okay. Yeah. And it's like they're letting people, they have specific start times. Got it. So like if you sign up, you know, maybe five of you start at one time and then like five minutes go and then another and another. So they're going in waves. I think that's kind of smart. Fun. That's kind of a nice way to do it. I know someone that did the virtual run and it got her to run 3.2 miles. Well, this is the thing. I think that it's like, I think that it's been so interesting to watch a bunch of these virtual clubs because I think people, one of their things is they're worried about running with other people when they're not runners because they don't want to look, you know, they don't want to be like, oh, I'm the last one or I don't want people to watch me. But I feel like a lot of them doing it on their own have really become better at running. Yeah. And anyone can run. 
gosh, anybody can run, you guys. Oh, hi. Quick, easy exercise. Yeah. Um, letting you know also that there is uh, a, um, a juice bar called The Dripping Root, who is trying to open in Longfellow. And um, they are, she's looking for, uh, her name is Katisha Pearson. And she's looking for a little boost in the old GoFundMe area. Because, of course, she signed a lease in March, right before... The COVID came. Yeah. And then, you know, her her neighborhood has just been, you know, in turmoil. And so uh, she's looking. It's a, she's a, it's a black woman owned juice bar. And she really wants to sort of help bring nourishment and peace and and love and togetherness to the neighborhood. So I it's called a, the dripping root. I made a homemade watermelon juice to make a watermelon margarita this week. And it was fantastic. Was it really? <laughs> yes. I put the recipe on my website for that, too. I've been having lots of fun making little drinks. Little Granitas. Uh, Stephanie, as you know, today I am flying for the very first time to Reno, Nevada, because my van, my Wonder Bread van that you can follow us on Instagram at Wonder Bread Van has been sitting in a parking lot in Reno. Has it been in a, in a garage? It's, no, it's outside. They have storage outside there. Oh, so, I suppose it doesn't snow. No. So we need to go get it. It was either June or September was our window. So we picked June and we are going to be driving her back. But boy... Getting back in the van and trying to remember like what we have in there and yeah, like did the mice because we had a mice problem when we were in the van in the fall. Like, are the mice gonna have gotten into things? We put things in bins, but you don't know. Yeah, so we're flying out to get in the van. And are you nervous about flying? Or you feel okay? Oh, nervous as heck. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have goggles on, a mask, a hoodie, my headphones, and just be like. And of course, we thought we were flying direct, but then because no one's flying, they re- are rerouting us through Utah. You know what's happening in Utah right now? What? Coronavirus spike. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just trying to, <sighs> once we get to the van, we'll be okay, because then all we have to do is grocery shop once, and I've done some grocery shopping, so I've got my masks. But, yeah, just trying to get the van back home. And then you don't know how long it's going to take you to get home. because No, I mean, because you can only go, like, the most you can go is 300 miles a day because the van only goes 60. And it's no air conditioning. It's hot as blazes. We're going to be in the desert in a tin can. Okay. So All right. that. Well, we look forward to yeah, that. Yeah, so I'll be gone for a couple weeks. All right. Well, Elizabeth Reese is here with me next week. So maybe you can call in and give us a report from the I road. Might. That might be fun. You never know. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Have a great Saturday. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.